0: Oh, boy, here we go. It is the stretch show on a freaking Friday, getting ready for the weekend, which means Supercross. That's all it means. That's all it means here to 49. Supercross, Supercross. Most radio stations suck donkey balls on the weekends. We actually get better on the weekends. That is when we got Supercross coverage or motocross coverage or whatever we are doing. There is a moto show that happens with all of the numbnutses around here on Saturdays. It begins two hours before the race. Tomorrow, that will be 3 p.m. Pacific time. And myself, Motoman, Jason from HYR, and Bookie Kyle all on the call. Now, today on the show, I got a Supermoto show. It is like hyping up big time for the race day tomorrow. And here's what I got. I got the entire 250 podium on the show. Coming up in moments, we got a great conversation with Mr. Jet Lawrence, he talks about moving on up like George and Wheezy to the uh, east side on a 450, which he'll be doing very, very soon, like already started because this uh, interview was taped on Saturday. And then we're going to sit down and talk to Cameron McAdoo, a dude that's just maybe the toughest mofo I've ever seen in my life on a motorcycle. He can put his body through hell and get on a bike and still get on the podium. Very impressive young man. We'll talk to him and also, if you missed the R.J. Hampshire interview that was yesterday, we'll replay that right in the middle of the show. And then at the very end of the show, we'll replay Jet. It is just moto, 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 moto today, and we are going to knock it out of the park as we get ready for Supercross Eve. Moto Man and Kyle will be back at 3 o'clock today, where I'm sure they'll say bad things about me and uh, try to hatch a plan to hide uh, delicious beverages for me that we get from our friends at Strob Distributing, but besides that, they do. Uh, both of them are very knowledgeable in moto, and uh, they can, will have some good opinions and good takes on all that stuff. Everything going on in the world today. Now, besides moto, I got a few stories that are good. I got some solid non-moto content today as well. You'll hear on the. Uh, Podcast. If you're listening to that right now, you're going to get the stretch show with no replays. So you won't have RJ Hampshire today. You won't get the replay of the Jet interview, but you will get Jet. And you also will get the Cameron McAdoo interview today as both of those are brand spanking new to the airwaves. Now, yesterday I had a story I wanted to get to. I ran out of time. I'm going to start with it right after we talk to Jet. I'm going to drop this one on you. It is about a lady that killed her ex-husband, and I, it, it, she's the devil, this lady, which is weird because I once was married to the devil, but uh, and this is not my ex-wife because this chick is hot, so we're going to talk about uh, this story. It's crazy, dude. It is crazy. Then, I'm going to have a couple of stories out of Canada today, and I'm going to tell you, Canada maybe is as effed up as the United States, and some parts of Canada, I think they Got to look at it. The regular dudes, the dudes that ride dirt bikes, the dudes that are down with just dude stuff, they're going to look at parts of Canada and they're going to be like, hey, Ozers, this is not right. And I'm with you. It's just like many parts of America, like Los Angeles, New York City, Chicago, any of the big cities are full of crap and suck ass. Well, they've got their own problems going on in Canada and we are going to address one of those. Then we're going to go back to Canada And we're going to tell you about an illegal alien out of Canada that's coming to America to whoop ass. And it is no joke. It's like a a super illegal alien sneaking across the Canadian border into America, and it is coming to do bad things, man. Really, really bad things. So I've got, uh, God, I got all that, and I got a whole lot more because, well, it's what I do. I got a good sex story too. I got some popos in the UK. They got to deal with uh, uh, bad people as well. So I got two stories involving the popo. One's the Canadian popo. That man, it's like straight out of America. Straight out of America, crazy mofos, and they got hosed because the legal system seems to be broken there as well as it is here. So we'll talk about that one. Shout out to my Canadian buddies, man. I dig Canada. Dudes get down, and they're into the same rednecky stuff that I am, which makes me love them. All right, coming up next, got to be Mister Jet Lawrence HRC Honda, and then we're gonna drop into that story about the lady murdering her ex-husband that you are not gonna want to miss. It's in—it's like a movie. They gotta make this into a movie. It's the Big Forty
1: Nine. The Man Entertainment
0: Report. The calculations have been added and apparently 103 people have no effing life on this planet. These are the people that made FCC complaints over the Rihanna halftime Super Bowl performance. Dude, she's pregnant. She was wearing baggy clothes. They're saying it was too sexy. What the hell? It's not like she was out there in a bikini. These people need to get an effing life. Seriously. Harvey the Raper Weinstein will most likely die in prison. That's because yesterday a judge in Los Angeles added another 16 years of prison to the sentence. He's already serving in New York, which is 20 plus years, and he's an old dude. It's got no balls. Remember his balls are sewn into the side of his leg i swear that's true just google it it's pretty disgusting and so is he and let's hope he has a miserable life in jail until the day he dies all right this weekend jake paul is finally gonna fight tommy fury after that fight's been canceled a few times and here's something crazy they had the weigh-ins and at the weigh-ins they decided that the winner's gonna take all that the loser's gonna get not a dime so Whatever they're supposed to make, if they lose, they have to give to the other guy. They shook on the deal, and we'll see if it sticks, man. Because if you lose, you get nothing and you lose. It's going to suck for that guy. The Man-er. Manertainment with Stretch. Big 49. It is stretching right now. We are going to sit down with the man in the 250 West. His name is Jet Lawrence, and he rides for HRC Honda and Road to Victory again tonight. And you make it look easy, Jet. You really, really are getting to that point to where it's like, all right, Jet's going to win. How much is he going to win by? However, there was uh, some stuff tonight that we'll get into here. First off, let's talk about this main event. Uh, not the greatest start. You didn't come shut out of a cannon. You didn't lead wire to wire like we've seen you do many times so far this season. So was it the track? I know uh, everyone was talking about how gnarly that track was, how soft that dirt was. What was the uh, biggest obstacle
2: out there for you uh, tonight on this track? Um, I think the most challenging one was the uh, probably the second set of whoops because okay. they weren't quite uh, jumpers yet. They're still skimmers. So then... Okay. And I think kind of, uh, some, uh, I think maybe that longest rhythm, it was, okay. I was kind of struggling with it, with the, like, kind of distance-wise, like, I wanted to push through it a bit more, but the ruts would kind of send you a little bit more if you kind of push through it more, so, okay. kind of, uh, just the ruts and that stuff, just how the transitions are still so soft, so probably that, and it's like more so like that and the whoops, mainly. Alright, and uh, if you guys
0: don't know why Jet is sucking air, it's because he was late to the press conference. Not late, it wasn't like he was uh, irresponsible, it's because apparently there was problems with the elevators in Oakland and uh, Jet didn't catch it, it and then had to run his ass off to get into this press conference. That's why he is uh, breathing heavy, if you will. All right, so uh, let's get into this. Uh, RJ is the guy that got way out in the front early on in this race, and you were running him down. Now, were you waiting for uh, the right lines, kind of feeling the track out still? I know you'd already had a heat race, but in the main event, like what was going on when RJ got that big lead on you initially to start that main event tonight?
2: Um. Yeah, the first few laps, kind of just, like, really just kind of seeing where the lines are at and what okay. the main lines are going to be. Just with how, like, kind of chewed out the, like, kind of how to out the track is. So, I mean, the biggest thing, I was trying to find the main lines pretty fast okay. and stick to them for the other guys. Ken, <laughs> like you said, he was going yeah. outside and skimming the whoops still, kind yeah. of, like, feeling how that is and doing different stuff like that. So I kind of felt like this jumping at the start was like, okay, we're going to be doing this most of the race, I feel like. So it was kind of this feeling feeling the guys out then once I got cam it was kind of like this okay what's the pace of RJ what he's doing yeah. and kind of and I kind of a few laps where I think I made a mistake and he got a little bit on me but yeah it stayed pretty the same maybe inched up a few times but then he ended up going down so I'm like oh well <laughs> makes yeah. my life a little easier and then from there it's just kind of like yeah just keeping that same lap time. just kind of Eliminate as much mistakes as I can and eliminate the the risk, really, because the track of this, if you push it too much, it'll just bite you so hard. All right. And
0: let's talk about that. Back in the day, a couple years ago, you would be racing and then you would make mistakes. You'd go down or something would happen. Those Uh, mistakes I don't know if I'm they're still happening I saw some mistakes happen out there on the track tonight but you seem to recover well from them or pull them off miraculously and not go down and then just stay be able to stay in the front Uh, do you agree with that at that point that there's still mistakes even when you've got a comfortable lead and you're not riding at uh, you know wide open 100% do you feel like there's still some mistakes out there that you that you can improve on
2: um, no, I, I had my lines pretty down pat where I was going. Okay. I mean, you always have to feel like little times in the air where you little kind of awkward, but nothing yeah. too wild where it was like, oh, that could have been bad. <laughs> okay. um, I think the most one would have been the last lap to the second set of whoops. I tried jumping for some reason for a safer, yeah. safer route and up kind of like half rolling, <laughs> skimming out. um But besides that, once I got into my flow, it was kind of like this... At that eighty percent of like, yeah, it's it's kind of like that trail pace where okay. you're not trying to push it too far. Where if you do, like I said, you're going to get bit pretty hard. So it's kind of like that this comfortable zone where you can just keep kicking off the same laps.
0: But there was a point in the, in that first lap of the main event where you kind of over jumped a triple and it looked like you had a pretty gnarly point at, at that. Do you remember that 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 early on in the race? Um, wait, which which triple? The first one. Um, right, I- in the first lap. Right there, it was in the first lap. It's like you over-jumped a triple pretty gnarly, and then uh, you recovered, you, you were fine, but it seemed like th- that was a problem.
2: Yeah, um... You don't,
0: you don't remember I that? I could have. I can't quite remember right now.
2: I mean, I went, I went long on a couple jumps. Um, okay. I know one time after the finish line jump, I went three and yeah. landed in the face of the quad and almost saw Jesus. So... So, you know what I'm talking about. Those happen. So, as
0: buttoned up as you are and as great as things seem and as easy as you make it look, there's still those sketchy moments, but to, you know, your uh, upside, you manage to pull those off now and they never seem to really bite you and you haven't really met Jesus yet. sure you're flirting with it, but you're doing a great job of, of staying, you know, keeping the bike up in those situations. And can, can you follow up also on the you got sick part? You had mentioned uh, uh, earlier in the night that you said you got sick. So what happened there?
2: Like you were sick before the race or sick? What, what happened? I I have no clue. I mean, all I saw was my okay. dinner there just chucked up and on my You know, <laughs> nice. so. but um, okay. I don't know. Like I kind of had like my food. Like I mean, the past few days I've been eating a lot, like a, like a big fat boy. So nice. It was it was kind of yep. like maybe a build up. Okay. Past few days of just eating. Okay. But, um, I don't know. I, like, I left the truck fine. Okay. And was good. Then I started walking the gate and I'm just like, oh, my kind of, like, my stomach feels pretty, like, full and, like, watery almost. <laughs> oh, I God. feel like I'm going to throw up <laughs> and I end up picking my gate. And I'm like, just give me a minute, Christian. I've gone to the corner and just. Kind of had a half throw up. Ooh, that's oh, that's not good, and then. Out fully throwing up. i was The main thing I was mad about, I started hearing a fan start laughing. I'm like, <laughs> I looked up and started laughing. I'm like, this ain't funny. This sucks, man. So, but, um, yeah, I don't know what it was, really, to be honest. I think wow. this, uh, either this didn't eat something good or this kind of ate too much.
0: Uh, maybe uh, ate too much of the uh, Jet Donuts before the
2: race. Let's be honest, Jet, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Ate too much. All right, we need to cut some weight down. Fastest way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jet, let's talk about... About this the last lap.
0: Last lap, you decided to go for the quad. You got a huge lead. It's in the bag. You're gonna roll away. You know, keep your massive points lead. And then you decided to go for a quad uh, for whatever reason. Like, like what brought that on? Because you cased it and looked like you were almost went down.
2: Yeah, I mean, the first, I tried it, like, halfway through. And we, like, case a smidge. I'm like, yes, okay. we felt this. Okay. And then the last, like, my like, okay, we got we got that triple good. Let's try it. And the, the line didn't look that soft. Okay. But as soon as I left the upright, I'm like, yeah, we're going to be feeling this for, for a very long time. And we got every single bit of that single. We did not miss any any little bit. Wow. Um, ankles felt it. Wrists felt it body felt it and, yeah. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't know i just thought i could have got that laugh we'd not get it so i'm like we guess uh guess that's out of the books for tonight <laughs> let's
0: talk about this uh you just mentioned that the track was uh, uh really soft and it kind of screwed you up going going for that quad so uh wh- what was it I- i've heard like this is an awesome track and it'd be great but then the dirt was so so soft so kind of walk us through the conditions of this track tonight and what you thought of the uh you know how technical it was yet also what we're hearing of how
2: soft that dirt was yeah i think like both the lads and what kind of RJ said if it had good yeah. dirt where you could still get all the rhythms yeah but, like, the quads and that stuff um i think it would have been a lot more fun and where the whoops went if the whoops yeah. stayed like this perfect like yeah. when they first get built every lap i think we would have had a blast yeah but uh yeah half of the whoops got taken out by the by the bike <laughs> so it made it very sketchy but Kay. uh layout was it was fun because it was something different I mean I don't think I've never really had a whoops go into a dragon's back and into another set of whoops and and both the whoops there they weren't they weren't easy whoops and especially the dragon's back so I think it was fun just more on the difficult side of level
0: it was fun to watch man and a lot of people got it that dragon's back whoops seemed to be the the part that was collecting people tonight whereas the last couple of weeks it's been sand and then we had no sand tonight but that dragon's back section was, was pretty damn gnarly Uh, Jet, we got a huge lead going into the long break now for the 250 West. Are you going to jump on the 450 and start getting some outdoor practice in? I know a lot of guys are getting ready for outdoor already. Will you be doing that on the 450, or what's your time off going to be like here uh, starting next week?
2: Um, so next week I uh, kind of I start on the 450. I'm okay. doing some actual supercross testing, kind wow. of getting ready for uh, like do a little bit of supercross testing while I have my supercross legs under me and okay. mainly for that uh, super motocross at the end of the year, just to kind of get a, a rough setting because I still like I think I've said it multiple times like yeah. no one really knows what the super motocross like layout is exactly yeah. gonna be and how it's gonna be built we don't don't know if it's gonna be more supercross or like kind of stadium cross so we're gonna get uh do testing in in a week yeah and then I, maybe another couple of weeks on either on supercross and maybe a bit of outdoors so we uh, we're not 100 percent sure yet but i know mainly on 450 for supercross getting that done okay and then obviously just get ready for uh, I think Seattle, RJ said, I think it's yeah. our first one back. So That's then obviously back. a week or two before, we'll get back on the 250 for that. Now,
0: any chance in hell that they're going to let you get on that 450 and race a little Supercross here now that the 250 East are taking over? You can do it. You're eligible. You could jump on the bike and race Daytona. I know we've talked about RJ is is possibly going to do that. Any chance that uh, HRC Honda lets you do
2: that? Uh, no, I, I, I think uh, it's a smarter decision. I mean, I, I know you guys yeah. would probably love it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but we But it's just kind of the risk factor, yeah. factor in case, like, if we have any, any run-ins with anyone where I could either get a, either break a femur from someone that's not really liking me and this kind of T-boning me or yeah. just any silly, silly thing that could go wrong of tweaking a knee. Over jumping a quad that I thought was a lot bigger, <laughs> stuff like that. There's anything that could really happen on a 450. and I have to yeah. do, and if I do that on that, and then end up losing a title because of that, I think I'll look like I'd have egg on my face. So
0: yeah,
2: it's just a more all-round smart decision not to do any race on the 450 yet. Because once we once we get to 450, then we'll stay up there.
0: All right, uh, Jet Lawrence, thank you for your time, man. We appreciate you. Always a pleasure to watch you race and to get to talk to you. Uh, Look forward to, I guess, Seattle when we will see you again. And I got a feeling you'll be right back on the box with the red plate on your bike. And it's it's fun, man. So congratulations to you, the HRC Honda team. Uh, Best of luck in your 450 testing here in the coming weeks. Have a great time, and we'll talk to you soon. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. There's some good news on the 450 injury report this week. There's no new names on it. The only bad news is that Dylan Ferrandez is still on it with that concussion protocol. And Marvin Muscan was announced by the team this year is completely done. However, Marv came back and said, I'm not done for the season. I'm hoping to be back for the last couple of rounds this year. So we'll have to see on that. Now for the 250 East, All the injured dudes are still injured. The only news is that Vince Freezy for Sheezy is listed as TBD. He has not raced yet this year, and if Vince gets on the track, get ready for some dirty dogging this weekend in Texas. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a stretch show, man. I got to tell you, we are going to talk about definite evil on this planet right now. It is an insane story about a lady who got with two dudes and murdered her ex-husband. And they have, he's a father it says, it doesn't say if they're kids together or what it is. And the judge in the case, she was sentenced to 13 years and by the way, she's hot. She's hot and this dude, they tortured to death and murdered, and they say it took two hours to kill him. And I'm gonna get into what all they did to him, but uh, the judge in the case said it was, he was assaulted by his ex-wife and two men and what the judge called a robbery of a drug dealer by other drug dealers who were part of an organized crime group. So whatever went down, the ex-wife, Hooks up with these two dudes and gets them to kill the ex-husband. And here's what they do. So they come into the house, they get the guy and they tie up his hands and his feet and they start stabbing him. But apparently not like stabbing him in the heart, heartening vital organs because he does not bleed to death. And then they slice him about the head, neck, chest and breast area. Start slicing him as opposed to stabbing him now. And then they beat the living bejesus out of him and they throw him on the ground and they kick him and they stomp him and they beat him. And he's still not dead. And while he's still not dead, they take scalding hot boiling liquid and dump it on his balls. They say on the skin of his genitals and between his legs. And then they continue to beat him. And the autopsy says he died from all of stabbing, asphyxiation, and blunt force trauma. All caused his death and what took two hours and they beat him and drug him all over his house and it was blood and mayhem everywhere and quite the murder scene when the 5-0 rolled up on it now this is where it gets even crazier the wife got sentenced to 13 years for her part in it and smiles and is laughing in the courtroom after that kind of a heinous crime and she's not looking back going oh man Maybe at one point I really loved this guy. I don't know where it went wrong and I had two dudes torture him to death. No, the guys that helped her, one of them got uh, 38 to life in prison, which is only 12 years, they said, before parole. And the other guy got 29 to life in prison with a minimum of 37 years and the wife, for whatever reason, gets 13. Now, people were so disgusted by these, this trio that when they uh, when she came into the courtroom, people were yelling, and, and let me tell you something, no matter what kind of a monster you have in a courtroom, a judge is not gonna take that. You start yelling stuff out in the courtroom, you're gonna find your ass sitting in a jail cell really, really soon with a pissed off bailiff on your ass. But that is a devil woman. That is a devil, devil woman. So, I don't know. The judge calls it, like I said, a murder of a drug dealer by another drug dealer. By the way, that's something we gotta think about. If I come into the big 49 one day when we become slangers and I find Man tied up with his balls burnt off and his micropenis burned off with scalding hot water, I'm gonna be like, damn. He doesn't got an ex-wife, so I know it wasn't her. It must be some other drug dealers out to get us. They're out to stop us from our slangin' of cocaine. So I I don't know what happened, but the the wife was in on this and assisted and then laughed at his family as they sat sobbing in court and they read, you know, statements about how empty their lives are without their brother and whatnot. That's effin' nuts, right? Alright, getting back to moto now. We're going to go moto on, moto off, moto on, moto off. It's kind of like a rhythm section we're going to be doing on the show today. We already talked to Mr. Jet Lawrence, HRC Honda. Now we just talked about a murdering whore hussy that had two dudes torture her husband to death, ex-husband. And now we're going to go in and we're going to get back to moto. We're going to talk to Cameron McAdoo. And then right after that, I'm going to tell you about a guy Assaulted the Popo over in the UK. Now the Popo over in the UK don't have guns, typically. Some do, under special cir- circumstances. But uh what do they do when they get assaulted by a man with a deadly weapon? And I'll tell you about that next. Kind of scary. I wouldn't want to be assaulted by what they got assaulted by. Cameron McAdoo is actually next. Does that make four nine? I'm confused on a Friday. Moto Rock extreme 49 Big 49 it is stretch and right now we are sitting down with a dude that's got more heart than anyone you have ever seen on a motorcycle his name is Cameron mcadoo and he races for that Pro Circuit Kawasaki team and Cameron we have seen you come through amazing things that would kill a mere mortal yet you seem to not only come out the other side of them You managed to stay on the bike, and you did it again tonight. You had a big wipeout last time we saw you guys at A2, and then afterwards we saw the effects of your arm, and it did not look good. Yet here we are in Oakland just a couple of weeks later, and you're back on the podium, and you have to still be hurting Uh, How do you come through an injury like that and manage to maintain, stay on the bike and ride at the level that can get you on the podium? It's got to be difficult.
1: Um, It was obviously a very long few weeks of getting my arm back to uh, somewhat healthy, but I don't really want to highlight that. Like, I I think that obviously I'm still struggling with it a little bit, but um, again, like I was the third best guy tonight and I'm, I'm proud that we've got myself back to being healthy to race and to fight for it. But, um, yeah, it was tough, but we're back up here. So, yeah.
0: Uh, All right. Fair enough. Uh, Cameron, let's talk about tonight's race tonight. You were having a good battle with Pierce Brown from the gas gas team. You guys got tangled up. Can you walk us through that situation?
1: Uh, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where we were going, (laughs) I think that lap, I'm not sure if I went outside and, and skimmed the first set of whoops, but it was kind of a back and forth okay. for me, whether it was faster to jump the whoops or skim them. I usually okay. skim them yeah. as long as I possibly can. <clears throat> and then, yeah, he got me the turn before, and then I, I think I, I kind of ran him high in the turn after yeah. um, the whoops into the dragon's back, and then I, I assume he like fell over because um, I didn't have him behind me afterwards, but... Yeah, that was about all that was. it. wasn't
0: much to it. All right, let's talk about this track tonight. Very different than anything we've seen so far this season. Uh, very, very technical, but big, steep, sharp angles, yet it was also very, very soft. As a rider, do you look forward to something like this? Do you, like, accept the challenge and can't wait to get out there and want to race on this thing? Or is there, like, some dread there of, like, God, this is going to be brutal, and, and i got to get out there and power through?
1: Um. I think it was fun at the beginning of the heat race. <laughs> um, yeah. It was kind of survival mode for me when we got about midway through the main. Obviously, yeah. I'm still struggling with some stuff from A2. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, the track layout was fun. And it was very busy for how, how big this floor is. But- yeah. When it broke down, I, I can't say it was a, a ton of fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, here's a serious question, Cameron. You're the sole rider for Pro Circuit Kawasaki in the 250 West. Uh, the uh, the stable has been thinned out due to injury. It, did that play a part in getting you out on this track tonight? Is it something where there's a little pressure to, hey, you're the dude, man. You're all we got, so get you back out there? Or is this something where there's no way they were going to keep you off that bike from racing tonight, knowing that you're still, you know, not 100%, obviously?
1: Oh, definitely not. Um, I'm racing for me, you know. Obviously, okay. I, I think I already put enough pressure on myself and, and – they expect me to fight for wins and podiums, yeah. um, whether there's two or three of us on the coast or just me. And, um, yeah, however many riders there are, I'm going to – if I can race a dirt bike, I'll be here.
0: <laughs>
1: and that we know. We, we, we
0: already knew that uh, coming in, Cameron. Uh, you were one tough dude, man. But let's look at this. we got a big break now. Guys are going to get back out, and most dudes are going to do some outdoor testing you've got a dogfight on your hands between you, RJ, and Jet for the championship, so are you going to spend some Supercross time trying to improve on making up the difference in the points for the 250s, or are you going to go out and
1: get in uh, your outdoor and start on that already? Uh, I think for me I'm I'm going to do some outdoor riding yeah. I would assume, but I we're going to still keep doing some Supercross as well obviously, we're not right. just going to go full outdoor testing, okay. but um, usually when I do some outdoor, outdoor riding, um, there's a lot of things that cross over and I can improve on. It helps me to super cross. So okay. obviously this is what we're mainly focused on right now, um, fighting for the championship. But yeah, we're going to start doing some outdoors because it comes quick.
0: Now, are you going to start outdoors immediately or are you going to still work on you know recouping and getting back to 100% and then get your outdoor on? You got a long enough break. You could do both. Uh, how are you going to go about the next couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> obviously the next couple of weeks we're going to still kind of be doing the same process that I've done the last couple of weeks to get back to fully at 100%. But okay. um, like we said, we have a, quite a bit of time now, so um, we'll probably keep our program pretty pretty similar and just keep keep working to be – Better, not just physically, but just myself better and okay, yeah, just in general. All
0: right. Uh, so, what are we going to work on? We're heading into it. I know you're going to, like you said, you're going to start working on outdoors, and that'll lend itself to helping you out Supercross uh, as well. But what are you going to work on when you get back to Supercross and dial it in before we head
1: out to Seattle here after this long break? Um, I mean, for me, it's you know we got to start winning. Like okay. that's kind of a big thing because gotten to the point i think we're 20 points out or so yeah um so yeah i think we just have to take it race by race and and um focusing on working to fight for wins and um you know with us our season is nine rounds so it's pretty short and yeah and yeah just um bridge that gap to the front right now all
0: right and and uh final question we appreciate you spending some time with us, cameron uh tonight the 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 break. It was supposed to be a long break. You could have been back completely, completely 100% before you got back on the bike in Seattle, but we had to reschedule this second round in Oakland because of weather. Uh did you like having to race tonight in kind of breaking up the break a little bit? Or do you wish you could have maybe just raced in the mud and the muck uh back in January and right now you would be on this uh full recoup time? What, what do you think about that
1: one? Uh I kinda liked it honestly because okay. if we didn't have this race it was gonna be I wanna say like eight weeks off, eight or nine yeah. weeks and eight. That's a long time, you know. Yeah. Um but it was fine with me i'd rather have it like this and have a real race than what it was looking to be you know the second week of january
0: all right uh cameron like i said you're uh, you're you're inspirational man you are one tough dude you get through anything and back on that bike and it seems like nothing's going to keep you off the podium congratulations on getting back up there tonight i know you're not 100 but uh but just a, a, another valiant effort man and, and looking like a boss out there so Shout out to you and the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. Can't wait to see you again when we head up to Seattle. After a nice break, you'll be 100% healthy, have some more tricks up your sleeve, and uh, see what you do with that. So I am stretched. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ this is the coolest classified ad i have ever seen the guys over at club mx put up an ad saying they're selling one of their race bikes a brand new 2023 yz 250 and it's got everything it's your chance to own a full factory level 250 race bike with all the goodies. They say full race engine with spec engine components, Henson clutch package, Vortex ECU with MAP, second injector, high flow air kits and custom intakes, electric water pump, transmission, REM finished, all the titanium components throughout the entire bike, KYB kit for suspension, race wheels, upgraded brake systems and rotors, spec clamps, steering components, spec linkage and knuckle, wire harness upgrades, carbon components throughout FMF exhaust, and much more, yours for $32,000. That's what a factory race bike goes for, $32,000. And to be honest, I've heard that people spend that much on just the suspension on one of these bikes, so technically, this is a steal at 32 grand. You wanna get it, give the guys over at Club MX a call, tell them you heard about it on the Big 49. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it's time for Stretch to give it to you. That's right, my friend DMX wrote this song about me. Shout out to the DMX, rest in peace, my man. X is going to give it to you. Stretch is going to give it to you. He's going to give it to you. Got a story now coming out of the UK. Uh, we talk about problems with the popo in America, problems with the popo not being allowed to really do their jobs because... We got district attorneys in these B.S. cities that we live in that will not prosecute crime. And they don't, you know, so the cops get to the point where they're like, oh, I'm not even gonna bother trying to arrest that guy, cause nothing's gonna happen, it's a waste of my time. I could be out in the streets, maybe saving a life. And I understand that. But right now, speaking of uh, uh, Popo, I was at one of my jobs yesterday and it came time to go and there was apparently large amounts of police activity outside our doors. And I walked outside only to be seen by about, I don't know, 30 to 50 LAPD officers with guns out. And they had surrounded a car and that car was parked in front of our property and all of the LAPD guns were pointed at the car at our property. And they were ordering the person out of the car and they wouldn't get out of the car. So LAPD told us, get back inside and uh, at go home time at the end of the day, when everyone's leaving, our entire company was like locked down. We were locked down and unable to go home for the day. And luckily it started about 45 minutes before the end of the day. And we only got stuck there about 30 minutes past when we should have been there before uh, uh, the LAPD got that person out of that vehicle and did not harm them in any way. Cause I saw it and got them out of there and Broke up the scene, right there. That's cops doing their job, doing it to the best of their ability, doing what they should be doing. That person got arrested. That person, I believe, was a very bad person. And they protected the community, did their job. A lot of times you can't do your job, but what do you do when they say, all right, you're a 5-0, but you can't have a gun. This is gonna go over down in the UK. Now you're a 5-0, you got a crazy person. They got a deadly weapon but you know, you got basically a baton, maybe some pepper spray and a taser. That's about all you get if you're a 5-0 over in the UK. I'm looking at the video. I've already watched it multiple times. This happened at a place called Salford University around 3.40 p.m. on Thursday afternoon. They had a man who was protesting something outside of their library on campus there and he was refusing to leave. And the police rolled up, and they're like, "Uh, uh, please, uh, you need to leave. And he's like, F you. He's giving them double middle fingers from what I can see. And in his hand, he has a weapon, and that weapon is a giant blue dildo. Yeah, he got a giant blue dildo. Uh, Authorities say the man was brandishing a phallic object. And he smacked a cop with it. You smack a cop with a cock and there's gonna be an ass beating that ensues, I promise you, even if they're proper, well-behaved, nice police officers like you get in the UK, you can't beat a man with a blue penis without getting a beat down. That's gonna, even a, a man sworn to uphold the law and order is gonna beat you down if you smack him upside the head with a big blue cock. Don't be smacking people with a big blue cock. I don't even think Moto Man would like that and he's into that sort of thing. Yeah, the guy was arrested for breach of peace, common assault, taken into custody. Uh, And he was shouting and waving the sex toy. The, The police still say they have no idea what he was protesting. They're like, we have no idea what this guy is protesting. He just rolled up and was being loud and wouldn't listen to our commands. And when we tried to intervene, he smacked our Bobby in the face with a cock, a big blue cock. That is not nice. That is not nice. You do not smack the police with a big blue dildo. Just saying. Shout out to the Popo for doing the right thing. Nobody got killed. Nobody got shot. I wonder if there... I know when I was a DJ in New York City back in the day, when I was a youngster, uh, at the building where I worked, there was a tunnel, and security brought... When I came in one day, it just so happened a guy had attacked a woman right near our office and the guy said watch this watch this and he brought me back and we watched the security cameras where the cops went back and beat the living snot out of that dude with their nightsticks two cops beat that dude's ass they arrested him they brought him back down to this tunnel and they beat his ass and i watched it and i was like good because i saw what he did to that woman i was right there when it happened and uh he deserved it I like it when police administer a little justice. I'm not mad at that. I know everybody else seems to have a problem with it, but I'm like, you do what you gotta do. And that goes for a dude that smacks you in the face with a giant blue penis. I'm saying somewhere along the way back to the station, he suddenly got a lump on his head. That's what I would think. Ah, no, no, that happened when we uh, subdued him. Everybody saw him uh, smack that officer with the big blue dong. All right, up next I've got a a illegal alien that is a major, major threat to the United States and it is coming across the border only this one is coming from Canada. And this is a danger, danger, Will Robinson. I can't even make this up. It is sneaking into the Northern United States and they say this is gonna be an issue and it is a hybrid super pig. Yeah, it's real. This is real. Hybrid super pigs are real. And don't you say stretch is one on the radio, because that's not nice, that'd be hurtful. I'm gonna tell you about hybrid super pigs from Canada. Right after we talk to our friend RJ Hampshire next on the Big 49. Big, big the. Big, big. Big 49 Moto the Minute brought to you by LBZ. Earlier today, I told you the guys over at Club MX were selling one of their Race 250s for $32,000. And Sally, I think I know whose bike that is. I think it's Filthy Phil Nicoletti's because he went on social media yesterday and announced. The update to the injury he sustained after the crash at Oakland, and it is not good. It is a dislocation of his wrist, ligament damage, and he is undergoing surgery. Looks like Filthy Phil's going to be out for a while. Hopefully he gets back on the bike. He is no spring chicken, but he is a fan favorite, and we wish him the best. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a stretch show here on a Friday. Don't forget Moto Man and Kyle coming up at 3 o'clock today. Tomorrow at 3 o'clock we are back on the radio. All of us me, Moto Man, Kyle, Jason from Honda Yamaha Redlands and we are going to talk Supercross. I'm sure that's what those Numbnuts will be doing today but we'll do it again tomorrow. We'll talk Supercross get our bets in and see who wins the home game. See who's out there. Kyle uh, was not on the show last week. Kyle stayed home. And he did not come in. I was in the studio today. I will be back in the big 49 West Temple. Not in the big broadcast temple that we typically go from. But that is your show for the next couple of days here on the 49. Right now, I'm going to tell you about the biggest threat to America since Chinese spy balloons. Yeah. I'm not talking about war pigs, I'm talking about hybrid super pigs. They're a special breed and they're coming from Canada and here's what happened. They say the pigs are a massive threat to native wildlife and will be very tough to eradicate because they're pretty much like cyborg badasses is what they are. The spread of the pigs has increased in recent years the hybrid breed of super pigs, a mix of domestic pigs and a wild boar, uh, have been running all over Canada because they originally crossbred them to help farm pigs grow larger and tolerate the cold temperatures of Canada. And a drop in the market about two decades ago led to a lot of farmers going, here you go, Piggy Piggy opening the gate, letting them out. Problem is when they got out, the hybrid super pigs ran free and became super killers and like just have decimated wildlife in Canada. And now they're coming down. They've already seen these suckers in Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota. They even found them in Michigan. And they say they're very hard to eradicate. Say they can survive in such cold climates is one big surprise, especially because pigs don't have hair. So you got a pig running around in the snow and a damn thing is fine. Here's the other thing. They say the wild hogs eat everything, especially waterfowl babies. They love to run around and eat up all the baby ducklings in the spring. These things have been seen to stalk and hunt white-tailed deer, adult white-tailed deer and elk. So you got a pig that'll run down a deer, kill it and eat it. These things are like ninja, fat ninjas is what they are. They say they're threatening the, the white-tailed deer, the elk, and the waterfowl populations everywhere that they are. Not to mention that they are going into where farms are and decimating crops. They say initially when they turn these loose, they go, well, these will be cool to have out in the wild and we can hunt them and there'll be something to hunt. problem is they bred and they bred and they get these freaking cyborg crazy hybrid pig colonies and they just decimate everything in their path. They're like locusts but they can eat people by the way they would eat a person and they're smart pigs are smarter than dogs they're amazing and delicious too with a barbecue sauce or slow smoked oh man a pig barbecue is delicious doesn't that sound good i have always wanted to do a whole pig barbecue like hawaiian style where you take that sucker shove the apple in its mouth and then put it underground and roast it for an entire day. I've always wanted to do that and have not ever done it yet. Or even put it in a, a smoker for, giant ass smoker and rotisserie that bastard for about eight hours, eight to 10 hours. Oh man, that would be good, delicious good. But that's what they think about us too. And it's definitely what they think about baby ducks. They eat the hell out of the babies. They eat the ducks, they eat the babies, they eat the crops, they eat everything. They're like garbage disposals. In fact, Moto Man told me that you could give a a human body to uh, like a stable of pigs and it would be gone. There'd be not a piece of it left. They'd just devour it. Pretty crazy. So they say the downsides far outweigh the upsides of having something to hunt and they don't know how to get rid of these things. The super pigs have become adept at fending off recreational hunters, too. They say sometimes with entire sounders, uh, which is a group of pigs, turning nocturnal to avoid the hunters. Other times, they will disperse, making them harder to locate or change their patterns and retreat into the forest or to wetlands or areas where they don't know where they are. They say the best strategy at reining in the super pigs has been employing the uh, Judas pig concept with straps of GPS collars onto uh, a pig to lead the game to other pigs. So if they get one and they tag it and they release it and he goes to the other ones and then they know where they are and then come in and just wipe out a whole herd of them at once or a squalor or whatever you want to call them. Wow. Sounders is what the term is for a group of pigs. But this is crazy and it's coming from Canada. Man, I'm not done with Canada either. I got another Canada story. In fact, I don't have a moto story right now. So I'm going to come back and I'm going to do a story about crime in Canada. Happened in Ontario. And this is nuts. Got a guy got caught red-handed, armed robbery. And he they dropped charges. The judge in the case dropped the charges on this guy. And I'm going to tell you about this one. Oh man, it'll make your blood boil. Gotta be tougher on crime, America. Gotta be tougher on crime, Canada. Gotta be tough on crime everywhere if you want crime to stop ever. Gotta be consequences. And a story I told you a little while ago about watching the cops in New York when I lived there back in the early 90s. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. uh, uh, They were doing that kind of justice. And it bit him in the ass. The judge found out and dropped the case on this dude. Get into it next. It's the big 49 on a Friday. The 49 is strong with this one. It's a stretch show on a Friday, getting ready for the Moto Man and Kyle Spectacular coming up at 3 o'clock today, and then launch it into the Supercross coverage on Saturday. Supercross, a Triple Crown this weekend for the 250 East. It is going to be in Arlington, which is Dallas. Let's see if these MFers are going to pack the track with sand again now that it's the 250 East, guys. I don't know, man. It's going to be crazy out there. Right now, we're going to go to Canada again. I'm going to tell you a story. There was a guy, he was a no good thieving bastard. In 2019, he saw a dog for sale, a classified ad. He went, person was selling a puppy, a, 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 a bulldog, and he went to get the puppy and pulled the gun out and just stole the puppy from the owner and then he took off. Well, as he was running away, he accidentally shot himself in the leg. Now tell me that's not justice served right there? Kind of funny. And I don't know if you're aware of this, when you have a gun in your pocket or in your waistband and it goes off, if it doesn't shoot your dick off, there's a high probability it goes into your thigh and you're like, oh no, flesh wound. Yeah, if it hits the bone, a bullet breaks your leg. So now you're laying there with not only a bullet hole, but a broken femur just snapped in half. A bullet will just snap a bone right in half like a chicken bone, just bam. So, guy's in hospital with a gunshot wound and a severely broken leg. And he's in the bed and he's handcuffed to the bed and there's a police detail watching this guy. And by the way, he showed up to court He'd accidentally shot himself, and then they realize, oh no, no, that's the guy that stole the puppy. Where's the puppy, you MFer? So they've got the two cops at a time watching this guy. He's handcuffed to his bed. He's recovering from his injuries. And at one point he yells to the police detail outside his room, I'm pretty sure he says, Hey you fat effers, come in here and give me a phone so I can call a lawyer. And apparently, according to him and his complaint, the police told him, "Uh, yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. And he said, I need a lawyer. And they said, uh, quote, uh, suck a dick was the response of the police officers at that point. At this point, the guy went into just a thrashing of the police officer and his physical appearance. And then at that point, the police officer came in and beat his handcuffed, broken-legged, bullet hole, having ass. While the other cop sat at the door with the door shut, the other cop went in the room and beat this dude's ass. Now, I have a feeling that the people at the hospital corroborated his story, because this guy then goes to court. The next day, by the way, after his ass beating, he finally, he had had surgery, that after his surgery, he finally got to talk to a lawyer. But he'd been sitting in the hospital under arrest for a while before they let him talk to his lawyer. He got to court, and the lawyer finally said, Hey, man, these cops beat the hell out of my client. And the officers were obviously it's true, and the judge said, you know what, everything was fine, and the fact that he didn't get a lawyer at at a proper time, all of that was okay, we would have put this guy away for this crime, but the fact that you beat the hell out of him, I'm dropping all charges, and that's what they did, and trust me, the way this works is, not only do you drop charges, now this a-hole will sue the police, he's a thieving bastard that, stole someone at gunpoint stole a dog from someone and now he's gonna get paid by the police department trust me on that this happened in Ontario Superior Court where the judge ruled all charges uh, dropped on the man while he had his ass beat while handcuffed sitting at a bed with a gunshot wound and a broken leg high on medication They say he was unable to defend himself. Yeah, typically when the cops beat your ass, you're unable to defend yourself because you see a swarm of them kicking your ass, but sometimes you absolutely deserve that ass beating, and this guy, I think, fell into that category. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49, and I'm disgusted. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Here's everything you need to know about the Supercross tomorrow out of Arlington, Texas. It is a Triple Crown event. It is early for the West Coasters. It's gonna start at 5 p.m. our time which means the coverage on the big 49 will start at three with our pre-race coverage. We'll get you updates after each and every single race on the night. And then we'll do a big old wrap up after the 450 main event. The whole thing is watchable on the Peacock. If you got that package, that is definitely the best bet. And we will be here at 3 p.m. As I said, I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a stretch show. Time to get up out of here for Friday. Not a moment too soon. Got to get some rest. Got to get over the hump. Uh, Moto News, man. You heard in the Moto Minutes. Shout out to Marvin Muscan. Says he's going to try to get back before the season's over, even though the team said his season is done with the broken wrist broken bone in his wrist that they basically aren't going to do surgery on. They're trying to let it heal naturally, so no time on the bike right now. He is back home in Paris or France. Um, Also, shout out to World Supercross. I heard from our friends over there. They sent me an email this week going, Stretch, check this out. Round two of the World Supercross, I believe it is July 22nd, going to be in uh, Lyon, France. So France is getting a round of the World Supercross this year. We got the UK. Now we got France. I know Canada's getting some. Australia's getting some. Germany's getting some. It's got to be cool. So Supercross spreading like the plague throughout the world and I think it's absolutely awesome. So shout out to the people at the World Supercross. That was great news. Talked to them yesterday. They actually like us. They've liked us all along there. You know why? Because they're Aussies and Aussies are cool as F. And Aussies will listen to Stretch, but they just won't take what Stretch says literally. Because Stretch will tell you like, hey, Australia, stay out of the ocean. Next thing you know, next day I'm like, hey, here's a story about five guys getting eaten by a shark in Australia." And it's like, oh yeah, we listen to you, Stretch, but we don't really put much weight behind what you say. I'm like, that's not nice. That's hurtful, Australiers. But hey, what are you gonna do? Uh, That's where the World Supercross comes out of, by the way. So those are our friends. We are down with them. We are happy for them. Um, God, Dylan Ferrand is still out this week with the concussion protocol. That's a bummer. And then Filthy Phil Nicoletti, that's a heartbreaker. When you're a guy, two guys I feel bad for right now. I feel bad for Marvin Muscan because he's on a Supercross-only contract. He's a great outdoor rider. He's not a spring chicken. He's 33 years old, which is old in uh, motocross racing world. Phil Nicoletti is 105, so I think he's as old as Chad Reed, still on a 250. Now he's got a broken arm and is out with a wrist surgery as well. So it's like, dude, you guys aren't getting any younger. You, you hate to see someone, you know, lose any of their career at the backside when they go down with an injury. And uh, Filthy Phil is a fan favorite and Marvin Muscan, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. So. We want to send well wishes to both of those guys. All right. I'm getting out of here. Going to get into the moto tomorrow with all my knucklehead friends. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this radio station. Don't forget to get to the stretch show uh, section. There's a link there. You can go and see all the stupid stuff I talk about. You can see the video vlog. You can hear the stretch show podcast now everywhere it's at. Man, we are a multimedia threat at this point. And we're coming for the jugular of everybody. So strap it in. Tell your friends. Spread the word. We need all the help we can get. We are David and Goliath. And right now, we are David trying to take on Goliath, man. And we're going to do it with your help. And we sincerely appreciate you guys. Really, really, really. So keep it locked in. Tell your friends. I'll talk to you tomorrow with all these knuckleheads at 3 o'clock for Supercross coverage here on the Forty Nine. Until then, God bless you all, man. And God bless the United States of America.